welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Church is close. He's close. Can you feel his presence? Can you hear him? He's speaking this morning. Lean in. No matter where your week has brought you or where you are today, lean in to his presence. He wants to minister to you. He's good. Do you know that? He's good. He's very, very good. While we were singing that song of ascent, there was one line in there that just wrecked my heart a little bit. And it said that he will come running to get you through the night. And I felt, I don't know where you're at today, but I felt him say, if you've been in a dark night, he said, I'm coming running to save you and rescue you. That's who I am. I am a good God. I am a God so full of hope. And today he said, I want to take you to that high place, which is far above your circumstances. And I sense that he's moving us into a supernatural realm that we've never been in before. It's a new place. But it's a good place. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back, church. Step into that new place because God is welcoming you. You heard this before. The door is open. The door is open. The door is open. It's open for you to step in, but it's your choice. Will you go to that place this morning? Will you go to that place? It is your choice. How good is it to be in the house of God? How good is God? Yeah, He's good, isn't He? He's good. And I just sense there's just something here for us this morning. And I hate to move away from this place because it's really sweet and it's refreshing and it's encouraging. But there's also something of, what's He going to do next? (laughs) Do you feel that or is it just me? And I'm like, do you want to leave me off today, Lord? Do you want me not to get up? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, team. Great, great worship. You can take your seat. I might need a drink. Can you get my cup? We really do serve a good, good God, and it is such a privilege and pleasure this morning to open the Word with you. Um, I feel like we've eaten well before we've even got to the Word, which is such a blessing. Hey, can I just pray? Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are close. I thank you, your presence. There is fullness of joy, and I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, and I thank you for this house that we get to this morning to climb that mountain and worship you and come up higher. And today, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this place. I invite you to minister, to speak. I pray that you would prepare our hearts, open our ears. I pray that we'd position ourselves to hear what you are saying individually and personally to each of us. I honour your word in this place today, Jesus. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you love your people so much. And Holy Spirit, welcome. 
Thank you for this day, Lord. We get to come to the house of the Lord and worship you. Praise your name this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Oh, God is so good, hey? He really is. Um, Oh, everything's so on point this morning. So on point. I don't know if you felt the same, but God was ministering to my heart this morning as the worship was going and the words that were spoken and a few weeks ago, as I mentioned a little while ago, that um, I had a sad thing happen in my house. I lost, we lost one of our dogs, and um, I call him a beloved Neo, because he really was, and I don't want to cry, because I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving forward, um, but I really grieved that dog, and um, I don't want to cry today. I decided this morning I'm not crying today, <laughs> but one morning I mentioned to David um, how sad I was losing this dog. And you know what he said to me? He didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. He said to me, Claire, don't camp here. Not quite what I wanted to hear. I wanted a nice little, you know, you'll be okay. But don't camp here. He said, I know you're sad, but this is not the place. It was like he was putting up a danger sign saying, grief will take you out. Move your camp, move your tent. He gave me wise counsel, hey. And um, I knew that God was asking me to make a choice. A choice to choose to stay in grief and sadness or to choose life and um, press more into God and remember that he is a good God and realign my heart back to his faithfulness, replant my feet in faith and remind myself that even though there are curveballs, Jesus knew the curveball would come. (laughs) You see, John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation, distress, and suffering, suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world, my conquest accomplished, my victory abiding. And in the AMPC Bible it says, I have deprived this, the, the power of this world to harm you. Like, okay, grief, you cannot take me out. God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed by circumstances. Did you know that? Because sometimes we feel like we are. And he has made a way for us to stand firm in the storm, to be victorious in all seasons. And so David's advice was good. You need a David in your life, okay? He's tough sometimes. Uh, And we also got to have that warning of be careful. Be careful where you camp in hard times, okay? God is kind, and he always prepares us for what's coming next. You see, a few days after I lost our dog, um, Lord spoke to me, and he spoke to me this word, and he said, Claire, pitch your tent in the land of hope, and it's from Acts 2. And it's actually the sermon that Peter spoke at Pentecost. The first one, I never, you know, God's so kind. He shows you things you've never seen before, and I love it. And this is what he said. Now, I'm going to read from the Message Bible, Acts 2, 24 to 26. And this is what, he's actually talking and referencing King David. And this is what he said. I saw God before me for all time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out ecstatic. I love the Message Bible. I love what it says, ecstatic. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. Yes. And he says, I know you'll never dump me in Hades. I'll never even smell the stench of death. You've got my feet on the life path with your face shining sun joy all around. And, you know, you know, I'm a passion fan. 
In the Passion, it says, I continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand. I will never be shaken. My mouth is filled with praises, and I have hope that my body will live. Do you know that word live in the Greek? It's actually katakinezoza. I feel. don't know how well I did on that. Do you know what it says? Do you know what it means? Pitch a tent. Pitch a tent. And as you all know, a tent is something you can live, live in. Now, I have a prop somewhere. Where's my prop gone, Martin? Okay, I have a prop. Um, and as you know, oh, up, you can bring it up here so we can see it. As you know, David and I love to go camping. And for many years, we've taken our kids camping. And we've been in things like tents, pop-top caravans. We've been in caravans. We've done every type of camping except for no camp. Okay, this is, this is as best as I could do because David and I had another tent, but we didn't do so well putting it up last night. So this is the best I could do, okay? So I thought I'd give you some practical tips this morning on camping because we are experienced campers, aren't we, David? We have learned these tips through experience. So number one, number one, choose your campsite well, okay? On the edge of a cliff, not good, all right? You need really flat, solid ground, yeah? Okay, <laughs> Position, okay, is everything. It really matters. David told me last night that he once camped underneath a car because it was going to rain, but he forgot that next to the car was the drain, and it did rain, and guess what? They got wet. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you have to be really intentional where you pitch your tent. You want to pitch your tent somewhere that is firm, and it's the same with our faith. Our faith needs to be pitched firm. We need to position ourselves and our faith in God. Psalm 91 tells us, come on, everyone should know this. It says, he who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. Okay, so a safe place. You see, the word says, those that hope in God will never be disappointed. Firm foundation. All right. Number two. Choose the company that you camp with. Your neighbors will steal your peace and your sleep. <laughs> now, David has told me another one of his stories that he went camping and he woke up with Vegemite, or actually was woke up or found when to go to bed, and there was Vegemite in all the sleeping bag. So be careful. You know, there's that saying, Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like-minded community is vital. You made a good choice this morning coming to church. I have found that when I'm going through a tough time, really kind, faith-filled friends are so important. Okay? Don't try and isolate. Don't do it on your own. We need good friends. We're better together, and God loves community, so he loves his church. Number three, prepare and position for all weather conditions. Even though it may be sunny now, because you're in a tent... It, a storm will come and it will rain, I can guarantee you. <laughs> now, if you're in a caravan, you'll be fine. But if you're in a tent, I promise you it's going to rain. It's just how it works. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing is we, we, have, we get entertained when we go camping. We love to watch people as they put up their tent and what kind of tents they have. And it's sunny and we're like, ha ha, ignorance is not bliss. You think you're going to be all right in that? The summer storms will come. And they make the rookie mistake of not actually preparing and positioning well. <laughs> 
Don't make that same mistake with your faith. Okay, prepare now for what's coming because I didn't know I was going to lose my dog, but God knew, and that's a good thing. But none of us are exempt from the storms of life, hey? Number four, check the weather forecast. See what is coming. You see, when we camp, David checks the weather forecast, not just for good surf. He checks to see if we need to prepare for a summer storm. Summer storms are coming. He goes and he checks all the tent pegs. He's amazing, actually. If you want to go camping, go with David. Actually, this is good for you guys. You guys are going camping, aren't you? I hope you're taking notes, all right? Check the weather forecast. Okay, and he will go and he will check. I mean, this one is not... There's no pegs, but David would go around and check all his pegs. He'll make sure they're firm. He'll make sure we've got a tarp. He'll make sure that anything that is loose will be pushed down or put away so it would not get caught out in the storm. And he battens down the hatches because he knows that if he does that, the storm will have less impact when it comes through. And that's my message for you today. Build faith now. Okay, it's time to read the Word. It's time to pray. Get connected with a church family. Plant yourself deep. Spiritual disciplines are important, really important. You need to get some things deeply established in your life now. Stephen Furtick says he disciplines himself out of dysfunction. Wow, I, th- that, I took that to heart. Discipline yourself out of your dysfunction today. You see, you either have the pain now or later. Sometimes you don't feel like exercising, like, oh, too hard this morning, too cold, too wet. You know what? The pain of that moment or the pain of later when you can't fit your jeans. (laughs) Pray into your hard times. That is a preparation, okay? It's preparation to protect you. Have a habit of going to God in all circumstances. You see, God always prepares his people for what's coming next. That word pitch, pitch your tent, We haven't got the screen up, but I do like that screen. Thank you, Laurie. A pitch is to erect and fix firmly in place. Okay, Isaiah 54 is a word um, that God has over our house this year. And it is enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your curtains. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now, if you think about enlargement, increase is coming. Okay, this is good. Stretching out. Have you ever stretched? When God asked you to go to another level, when you're at work and something new comes in, have you ever taken the stretch? Have you ever heard the complaining when you bring change into a workplace? (laughs) And I used to say to the girls in my office, lean into the stretch, girls. Lean into the stretch. Breathe. Keep breathing if you're in a stretching. But you see, strengthening. And this is what I believe God is saying to us this morning. We are in this kind of season. We We are taking ground. But in order to maintain the ground that he is giving us, the stretch and increase, we need strength. And that strength word in in Hebrew is actually hazad, and it means to prevail, become strong, be courageous, be firm, be resolute, have resilient faith. God wants you to have strong faith this morning. Do you know that our next generation, our kids need us to have strong faith? We leave footprints. It's not what you say, it's what you live that matters. They need us to be strong and established. I, um, we actually had, we need an anchored faith. I don't know, my dad was a bit of a seaman and um, he came from, from the Seychelles Island and he was always, when we went out in the boat, would tell us the importance of your anchor. You check your anchor before you go out to sea. 
You need to be anchored down in faith. You need to be anchored down in the goodness of God. You need to be anchored down in His faithfulness. You've got to know His Word and you've got to know His promises. You see, I read a little Instagram post last night and the heading was Worry, Anxiety and Fear. Worry makes every one of us forget the character of God. When life feels heavy or just really hard, remember the heart of the Father. You see, that worry will actually change your perspective. But peace is found through having an eternal lens. We need to remember God's faithfulness in the past to give us hope for our future. And you know, I love the scripture in Acts 2. David was actually, King, um, Peter was actually referencing King David, who was not alive in the time of Pentecost. But David, Peter references what David saw before Pentecost, which was amazing. Just think of that. See, David prophesied what Peter and the disciples were living in now, what they had just witnessed, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They just witnessed Jesus had died, he'd been crucified, but then he rose again. They just witnessed resurrection life. But Peter now, he actually references what David saw way back there. David saw resurrection life. He saw the Messiah Jesus would conquer death. Death would no longer be the end but the beginning. Eternal life would be the portion for all those who believe. And I was so excited last week when we had so many baptisms because I know that every single one of those that were baptized, their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and now they have eternal life. Death no longer has a sting. How good is that? And what David reminds us that even when things look dead and hopeless because of resurrection power in Jesus, all things can become back to life. There's always hope for us. So hope is found as we magnify God. So what does the land of hope look like? I asked myself the question this week, and I think we have to make a place for hope to dwell. Okay, we've got to make room in our life because when I lost my dog, I was, I was moving away from hope and going into a place of grief, and he was saying, make room for hope. What's your promise in your situation? Have you got a promise over it? You see, the kindness of God was he gave me a promise. He said, Claire, pitch your tent in the land of hope. Move your tent now. I moved my tent. And when he gives you a promise, you've got to pray into that promise. And when fear rises up, you speak faith and you speak that promise. When things come against you, you say, but God said, God said, okay, and you tell fear to go in Jesus' name. We have to magnify the Lord, make him bigger over our problems. Like put your eyes on the almighty God. Nothing is impossible with him. He is really, really, really big and really, really, really powerful. Like, he will anchor you in those hard times. And you know what else I reckon in the land of hope? I reckon there's an empty tomb. Camp. Move your tent. If you've got a giant in front of you, move your tent right in front of the empty tomb to remind you nothing stays dead in the kingdom of God. He brings resurrection life to anything that you are facing. How good is that? You see, we've got to remember his power. He's a big God, a good God. And you know, we've got this new sign, which I love, let the river flow. If you look at Ezekiel 47, the message of the river is that wherever the river goes, it brings, it brings, it brings, goes into the Dead Sea, Dead Sea. They say nothing lives in the Dead Sea, but the river of life goes into that Dead Sea and it's teeming full of fish. See, there's some benefits to hope. Did you know that? Number one, King David said, verse 26, I will never be shaken. My mouth is filled with praise. I have hope. How good is that? 
I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. See, David sang a new song. It was a song of God's faithfulness into his future. Shaken, that word shaken in the Hebrew means distressed of mind. David said, I will never be shaken. I will never be distressed in mind. Joy and peace will be my portion. David found, and it is possible, church, because I've lived it, joy and peace can be found in your hard days. You see, the, the, the scripture in Acts 2 actually referenced Psalm 16. Psalm 16, 11, and Esther just said this this morning over us. He said, this is what David says, You will teach me how to live a holy, the path of life. Being with you will fill me with joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David knew the benefit. He knew the benefit of running to God in his tough times. God's presence in his life brought joy. Church, he will turn your morning into joy. He will. I'm living. Joy brings strength. And David often, when he wrote his Psalms, he references two kinds of people and two paths. The people that trusted God were like trees that were planted by the banks of a river. In all seasons, they were fruitful. But those that did not put their trust in God were like the chaff that the wind blows away. No stake, wind come, gone. (laughs) But I love it that uh, Jesus also referenced to two paths. You see, David said one path will lead to life and one will lead to destruction. And Jesus went a step further. And he said there's this two paths, one's really broad and you'll find everybody on it. It's full of people. There's a party on that, on that path. Okay, it's easy. It's not hard. And then Jesus said, but then there's a narrow path. And this one, this one's going to be hard. It might be lonely. It might be tough. You might have to climb a mountain. You might not see your promise fulfilled straight away. You might have to pray and pray and pray. You might have to stand and stand and stand. But he said that path leads to life. That's pretty powerful. Hey. I want to be on the path of life, don't you? You see, hope is a powerful thing, to hope in God. And you know what the Bible tells us? Do you know how we find hope? It's when we flee to God as our refuge. God is our refuge and a very present help in times of need. Run to Him. Okay, Hebrews 6, 18 to 19 says, It is impossible for God to lie. If He's given you a promise, that promise is true. For we know that His promise and His vow will never change. Now, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, if anyone's asking, okay? And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. I say dive for the feathers. Dive for the feathers is is Psalm 91. Dive to be covered under the Almighty. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. We have the certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. What? Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. We are, that anchor, guess what it's tied to? The very presence of God in the heavenly place. If you put him as your refuge in your hard time, nothing can take you out. Nothing. You see, this land of hope, and I, I think we, we got a little taste this morning. It's a land of expectancy. What will God do next? The biblical definition of hope 
You know what that is? Confident expectation of God doing something great. Romans 5, 5 says this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. We can now experience the endless love of God. Hope is grounded in the love of God. It's the expectation. I actually heard this um, definition during the week. It's the expectation of God's blessing in this life and the life yet to come based upon the goodness and promises of God. Do you know, studies show that those who have faith have more hope. So you're in a good room today. These are good friends to have. Do you know that hope, hope has a friend? And the hope's friend is called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You cannot have hope without faith. Now, the interesting thing with faith is faith doesn't look in the now. Faith looks further over and sees what is yet to come. And so it locks you into not your circumstance, but what God sees and what God says. So faith needs to rise if you have a giant in front of your house. You need to start to say, no, this is what God says. It's so important, church, that you are expectant, that God is able to do something great no matter where you find yourself today. I don't think we're going to be able to move into miracle territory that he's calling us into without faith and hope. Okay, keep the friends together, all right? <laughs> if, you, um, if you are facing something, I had a, a message from someone yesterday that was going through such a hard time. And they're like, and you know what? I, I pray that all of you, and myself included, would recognize victim mentality and victim words, okay? And this person said, oh, it's always so hard. It's never going to get better. I never, and I, I was like, oh, flip the script. Flip that script. What does God say? Who are you in Christ? We're on the winning side team. Come on. We know what the book says. We know who wins. He is a defeated. And if you are in a hard place now, it's temporary, it's not, this is not your end game. It's temporary. Okay. And I love that God always prepares his people for what's coming next. He was so kind to me. You see, when he said to me, Claire, pitch your tent in the land of hope, I thought it was because I was so sad I'd just lost my beautiful dog. It was actually was to prepare me for what was coming next. And that's how kind he is, church. And this is why it's so important to get into your word. Because if I hadn't been in my word, I wouldn't have heard, pitch your tent in the land of hope, Claire. He was positioning me. He was preparing me for the storm that was about to come. <laughs> See, a few weeks afterwards, I lost my friend. And she was only 39. And she's a daughter of this house. And um, she passed away. And I was super sad. But my tent firmly pitched in the land of hope. That my God can and my God will bring something great out of a loss that I had experienced. I was standing in his goodness. I was standing in the land of hope. And you see what happens in the land of hope is it changes your perspective. The questions you ask are different. You ask questions like, what is God going to birth out of this story? Hey, he promises. You know what he promises? That he will not take you through a time of pain without causing something new to be born in your life. And I stand on that. He's always working for something good. What the enemy meant for evil, he will turn for good. He will. 
Those who hope in God will never be disappointed. In the land of hope, nothing is impossible. And the air is pregnant with possibilities. I believe one day we will have a discipleship house in memory of Nicole and her journey. And I believe that many will be saved and many will be strengthened to the perseverance that she showed in her life. The legacy will continue and there will be fruit. Hey, Nicole. She's cheering for us. You see, God gave me such great comfort in that time. And if you are short on hope today, you can connect to the source of hope. And if you will look in Romans 15, 30 in the New Living Bible, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then, everyone say then, you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, He's not just the God of hope, he's also the God of comfort. And he will comfort you in every trial and every suffering and every place that you might find yourself today. He promises the God of hope. And then, you know what he'll do? Because he's also the God of multiplication. The same word he comforted you with, he'll get you to comfort someone else with. See, I'm sharing my comfort. (laughs) God is good, hey? You see, God calls us to live with an eternal perspective. What you see now is not the end. It's not whatever you're seeing in front of you. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. We may not all understand it all now. We might even still have questions. But I know we win. Either in this life or the next. Would you build for eternity? Eternity is real. I know because I have sat at the deathbed of people and they have seen the angels and they have heard the angels. And I know that there's only a thin veil between now and eternity. And I know that it matters what you do in this world will affect the next. I know that without a doubt. And eternity, when you build for eternity, you'll have a different value system. You won't build your own kingdom. You'll build his. Okay. The hearse, Nicole's hearse had no trailer. Build for eternity. There is a bigger picture. Don't get stuck on the one puzzle piece. All right, what he began, he will complete. He is kind and he's merciful. He is good and he's powerful and he's able to change all things. He's good, hey. I believe today God is calling us to have strong, undaunted faith and confidence in who he is. Don't forget the character of our God. You see, we are in a pregnant state, but birthing is about to begin. Are you ready? Did you hear that? We are in a pregnant state. If you look at the verse of the day today, it talks about Romans 8. And and in the Message Bible, it says, in your pregnant state. Like, what is God about to do in your life? Yesterday, we had our eighth grandchild born, Joseph David Hearn. But it was very interesting. Yes, and here, little Joey. They're calling him little Joey. Okay, number eight, four girls and four boys we now have. Um, We are multiplying. We are enlarging. It's awesome. Um, But the interesting thing, and and thank you, team, for coming back up. We're ready to go. Um, Was that Kate, this is her third pregnancy, and it wasn't a regular birth. Now, none of the women in my household have been able to to go into labor naturally, not one of us. And when we got to have little rhythm, which was the beginning of this year, that was if we recognized there was something operating in our family line, so we prayed and broke it. 
Georgia went into, into labour naturally. Woohoo! But none of us women have ever had been able to naturally have our waters broken before the labour. Guess what happens? Kate, on early hours of Saturday morning, her waters burst and her labour was swift and fast. She always has such long labours. She always has issues and trauma at birth and there were none. That baby came swift and fast. And you know what day our grandson was born on? He was born on the Jewish New Year's Day. Rosh Hashanah, the trumpet was blowing. And at the beginning of this, this September, I don't know, I woke up on the 1st September and something shifted in my spirit. And I said to the Lord, what was that? And he said, you have just entered in to something, another realm in the spiritual realm. He said, are you ready? Are you positioned for what's coming next? And I say that to you because you see Rosh Hashanah is actually new beginnings. New beginnings. And I know today there's people in this room that need new beginnings. I know the Holy Spirit said to me, he said to me, there's many in this room. They're asking and they're crying out, can I have a fresh page? I need a new beginning. And you see, when Kate's waters burst and I spoke to her and she said, this was nothing like, nothing like the labor that I've had before. Fast and swift. I'm like, we've been in a long labor. We've had the birth pains that have gone on for hours and years and years. And I believe that we're stepping into something supernatural. You see, Rosh Hashanah is a celebration of God creating humanity, the trumpet, the shofar being blown, a time of great celebration when Jewish believers take time to renew their relationship with God, ask forgiveness and a fresh start. Shana Tova, is that, how, is that right? Shana Tova? Shana Tova is Hebrew? New Year. Happy New Year. You see, they celebrate with apples and honey because it's a prayer to God for a sweet and fruitful year. We are entering in. Now listen up, church. You need to listen up. We are entering into the Jewish year of 5784. Number four, eight is the word is pay in the Jewish language, which means mouth. It's a decade of the mouth. Your words are either going to bring life or they're going to bring death. Be careful what you say in this season. And the four is actually delet, which actually means door. Year of open doors. Whoa. We're entering a new space. Okay, now you can believe it or you can go, oh, whatever. Up to you. I believe it, okay? And to enter into a new place, you have to cross a threshold to go into the new place. At the beginning of the year, if many of you were in this room, I said and I prophesied that we were on the verge of a threshold, not knowing what this year was going to be called, that we were on the verge of a threshold of an open door, more of the kingdom opening up to us, a birthing of something new, breakthrough and suddenlies of God. I saw it yesterday with our little son, little grandson being born. But I also believe that darkness is getting darker and the church needs to stand brighter. We need to stand more firm. We need to be secure in the Word of God. We need to have our faith strong. We need to know who we are and know who He is. You are not in a season where you can say, oh, I don't know if God is good. 
I'm telling you, God is good. If you don't know, come and ask me. I will tell you. I have lived nearly 50 years in the, in the faith, and I've seen the faithfulness of God time and time and time again. Sometimes you get stuck in the waiting hall, in the waiting room, because you don't know what he's doing. Stay faithful. Keep walking. Keep praising God. Keep trusting God, because I tell you, he is a God of breakthrough. He will break through in your circumstance if you will trust him. If you will trust him. And you see, your threshold when you're about to step in will be hard. It will be contended for. And if I know if anyone's like me, and I know there's others in this room, we have gone through rapid enemy fire to cross over into that, that threshold. And because you're entering a new season, the Lord is saying, do not take the old stuff with you. You actually cannot take the old stuff. So you may find that you're going through a cleansing season where God is actually pinpointing and convicting you on certain things. He said, you cannot take that into the new season. Galatians 5.1 says to stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of your past. I don't know what your battle is, but I know he reminded me this week, he said, Claire, do not go back to the place that you once lived in. It's time to walk into the new place that God has for you. He's about to do some great things. He's about to restore things that have been lost. It's actually harvest time. Are you ready, church? It's time to stand in adversity and shine in the darkness. No more compromise. All things are possible to them who believe. It's time to be positioned by the river so the river can flow through your life so that you will have a testimony of look what the Lord has done. Okay. Would you pitch your tent in the land of hope with me? It's a good land. I'm I can testify of that. It's a place where you will grow strong and firm. It's a place where the river will flow through you. It's a place where you will be able to see your giants fall. It's a, river, a place where you will see breakthrough in the suddenlies of God. But it's also time to fresh consecration, church. A time to say, Jesus, I want to be a living sacrifice today. A living sacrifice, would you work in my life? And I felt the Lord say to me that if you're in this room today and you need a new beginning, I want to pray for you. If you need a fresh start, if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm happy to walk out of that place and into the new place because I didn't like that place, then today I want to pray for you. Would that be okay? If that's you, if everyone would just close their eyes. you, Father. Father, we thank you that you are God of hope. And Lord, I just pray right in this moment that there would come boldness and confidence on us, that we would stand in a way that we've never stood before. That Father, we would not allow shame to hold us in the old season, but Lord, that we would step out of that shame and we would say, God, here I am. I'm ready. I want to walk through the door that you're saying is wide open. It's a season of double doors being open, church. It's a season of double for your trouble. It's a season where he said, I want to restore all that the enemy has taken off you, but I want you to step in and it's your choice. So I'm just going to ask across the room today, if anyone is in this room and you need hope, would you stand up? Would you stand up? You need fresh hope. Would you stand up? God sees, okay, I'm standing with you. I'm standing with you. 
I have some giants in my life. I know you do too. And if he's saying it's a season to restore, if he's saying it's a season to step out of, of shame, it's a season to step out of your failures, your defeat, the trauma, the things that, that torment you, then today this is your moment. And I'm going to ask you, would you come to the front and would you make a, a, a stand before God and say, here I am, God, I need a miracle in this moment. I need my hope restored. I need faith to rise again. I need a breakthrough. And if that is you, just come and stand. Stand at the front here. Come and stand. Step. You know what? See yourself stepping over the threshold. See yourself stepping into the new day, the new page and the new beginning. See yourself going into that new place where God says all things. Things are possible. And as that is you, I'm going to ask the prayer team, those who can pray, Lorna and Anne, Zarina, would you come? And David, and I just want us to go and we're just going to release you into the new and release fresh faith all over you today. Because I think today needs to be a line in the sand. Today needs, I'm not going there again. I'm not living this life. Today is a new beginning. Today there's a brand new start. Today there's fresh fire over on my life. And today I'm saying, God, I am a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto you. Whatever the next season's going to hold, it's going to be good. So we're just going to pray. Team, can you lead us in some worship while we, while we pray? Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.